Hi, this is Alan Leeds, former tour director for James Brown, Prince, and D'Angelo, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. Pantheon Podcasts presents Deeper Digs in Rock, part of the Rock and Roll Archaeology Project. Music, culture, technology, and rock and roll. Now, on with the show. After midnight, we're going to let it all hang out. After midnight, we're going to chug a lug and shout. Welcome back, diggers. Okay, let's start a little J.J. Kale. There's a reason for that, and you'll find out in just a minute. Another week in uh, COVID-19 world, and things just keep getting weirder. Living in California and social distancing, uh, apparently every state gets to do whatever the hell they want. I thought I lived in a United States, but apparently I live in a divided states. Um I don't know. I guess that shouldn't be a surprise, huh? Oh, let's see. Um, you know, I've been telling you all uh, to go to the cdc.gov uh, as a good place for uh, information and the who.int. Um, apparently, the who is now a political football. I don't give a shit. Go to the who.int for some good scientific information on COVID-19. Don't listen to that motherfucking orange idiot uh, who gets up uh, and says stupid shit every day. Please. Uh, CDC.gov, that's still pretty good. Um, You know, I'm not going to tell you about your news, but I mean, for fuck's sake, this is a pandemic. Um, We we really should be working together. Uh, We should have a national response. Um, You know, I, I try to refrain from politics on this show. Um, you know, sure. Check my social media. You'll, you'll see where I lie. I I don't hide myself, but you know, this is a music show. It's not a politics show. Although, you know, some music is political and certainly cultural and sociological. And we talk about all of that. Um, but you know, I, I just try to refrain from that when I can, but you know, every once in a while, it's just not fucking hard. Okay. There's a really simple answer. And, you know, the simple answer is not what we apparently are doing right now. Um, but who knows? I, I guess we'll find out how bad it's going to get. All right. Just seriously confused on why this isn't a holy shit moment. And all the world leaders are in a room together, socially distancing, mind you, uh, to beat this thing. You know, uh, it's not like it isn't hidden everywhere. Um, but, you know, this, this kind of feels like 19... 19- 14 all over again uh you know uh, this this world war one was supposed to be a quick little jaunt for a few weeks and it would be all over and you know we get back to the way the world worked and to be honest with you world war one ended a a, a world uh, it ended the you know napoleonic victorian age and um uh, hearkened uh, the modern world, and uh, and as we know, the <laughs> the modern world was not uh, an easy birth. Uh, we still had another war ahead of us, an even bigger one. So things to think about. Hey, look, I love y'all, and I want you all to stay safe. Um, you know, but uh, you don't know anything, so just pretend if you go outside, there may be a saber-toothed tiger around the corner. You know. 
like in the old days. So what you do is you prepare for the possibility of the saber-toothed tiger around the corner. And that way, you're, you, you kind of remain safe. So you should treat this COVID-19 as if it were a saber-toothed tiger, okay? Yes, we have to work, and we will get back to that. But piling up bodies is just going to make the day when we all can go back to some semblance of normalcy even longer out in the horizon. The, the more, I, and again, I just don't understand. We should have had a national response back in February, lockdown, uh, shut this thing off at the source and, uh, you know, go through the, the pain uh, quicker and we'd probably be done with it by now. And we'd all be, you know, going back to, you know, the, a normal life or, or at least somewhat normal life. Um, anyway. All right, enough of that. Let's get to business. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, big, big shout out to digger Lisa Torabio for her generous donation on Patreon. Uh, we really appreciate all the help from all of you diggers that continue to support us through the Patreon uh, website. Um, if you are interested, please go to patreon.com backslash rock and roll podcast. Uh, or uh, if it is easier to remember, you know, you can just go to pantheonpodcast.com and click on the listener support button at the top of the homepage. Uh, you know, you can either you, take uh, the Patreon uh, way or T Public uh, if you would like some new merch, some uh, uh, sleepwear. I'm, I'm sure you're going to need some new sleepwear here pretty soon. And, of course, if you are older than 18 and need something to spice up the bedroom, uh, help us out here by going to adamandeve.com. There's lots of free stuff. Uh, if you use the checkout code DIGS, D-I-G-S, um, you know, you get 50% uh, off uh, just about any single item on the website. Uh, and then uh, once you get to the checkout and you put in digs as the code, you get all kinds of other free stuff, uh, including free shipping. That's digs at adamandeve.com. I ain't mad at you, Listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Yeah. Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So Casey Van Beek is our special guest today. Um, that what you just heard was Casey Van Beek in the Tulsa Groove. Casey was born in Holland, but raised in Los Angeles uh, from the age of five. And uh, let me tell you, he fit right into the local 60s rock scene. Uh, by his teens, he was playing bass and singing in the Vibrants, uh, who opened for uh, you know famous rock bands like the Dave Clark Five and the Rolling Stones' first L.A. show. He also toured with Peter and Gordon. Uh, he moved on to backing the wonderful Linda Ronstant. Uh, and uh, he, funny, uh, the, and we'll talk about this, uh, uh, there were two other guys in that band, one named Glenn, one named Don, and they asked Casey if he wanted to be the bass player in their new band. Uh, Instead, that role went to Randy Meisner and is now occupied by Timothy B. Schmidt. Yep, we're talking about the Ingles. Um, Casey got tired of L.A. He headed off to Tulsa with uh, Don Preston to record with the Shelter People, which was part of Leon Russell's Shelter Records label. Tulsa surprised him. The the blues country and rockability. Um, Tulsa surprised him. The blues country and rockabilly had fermented there into a mellow blend uh, called uh, the Tulsa Sound, and he quickly discovered that the bands in town were playing, you know, as much Freddie King and BB King as Merle Haggard. Uh, so he realized he was home, uh, a place where the music vibes were right and where you could get out of town into open country in five minutes. 
It took a while to find his way into the scene, but fairly soon he was in a band with Walt Richman and Jim Byfield. Um, Walt will be joining us as well because he's in the Tulsa groove too. Eventually, uh, Casey joined uh, Tulsa's multi-platinum Grammy-nominated band, The Tractors, which included uh, Casey on bass and Walt Richmond on keys, uh, and uh, the future Tulsa Groove member Ron Getman. So there's three Tulsa Grooves uh, that were in there. The, uh, and I, I, you may remember a, a hit called Baby Likes to Rock It uh, back in the 90s. Well, I got them to the White House, and we'll we'll talk about that uh, for sure here. So, three members of uh, the current groove, uh, you know, Richmond uh, Byfield, and also Steve Hickerson, would back Bonnie Raitt uh, during her tenure in Tulsa, uh, playing shows in the area to uh, successfully, by the way, protest the construction of the Black Fox nuclear power plant. Uh, Walt would go on to play uh, with J.J. Cale's Grammy-winning gold album collaboration with Eric Clapton, The Road to Escondido. So impressing Eric that uh, Walt's played on all of his albums since then. Uh, When they weren't on the road uh, collaborating with uh, people like uh, Clapton, Cale, Bonnie Raitt, Linda Ronstadt, or Bill Medley, they played around town. Uh, Casey and Walt Richmond began to get tight, first recording uh, Christmas songs, then writing original Christmas songs, then gathering at Walt's home studio to record more of their original and favorite covers, um, selecting the best players uh, around town to add touches to uh, a few of the songs at the time. This wasn't to satisfy anyone's record contract or dreams of stardom, but out of camaraderie and an enjoyment of each other's musical company. Uh, You know, music for music's sake. Uh, And there, it certainly is a purity to that. So they have a new record out uh, this week called Heaven Forever, produced by Walt Richmond, that showcases what they are capable of when they focus their in-demand skills on their own music. They are carrying on the legendary Tulsa sound of forerunners like Leon Russell, J.J. Cale, and Elvin Bishop. Um, The band is adding their own new flavors while keeping that historic tradition alive for current and future generations. Heaven Forever by Casey Van Beek and the Tulsa Groove is set for release on April 24th, 2020. So make sure you put that on your calendar to go and get. All right. Well, let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Casey Van Beek and Walt Richmond. Heaven forever. What we gonna do with all that time in heaven forever? Is it too late to change my mind? I guess we could take a walk. Stop and listen to the wise men talk It never gets too hot or cold When you're walking on a street of gold In heaven, forever What we gonna do with all that time In heaven, forever Is it too late? Change my mind. 
Welcome to Deeper Digs in Rock, Casey Van Beek and Walt Richmond. How are you guys doing today? Great. Well, we're having fun. I'm having fun in my living room. Yeah, you are you are you guys on lockdown uh, like we are out here in the Bay Area? I don't I don't think as uh, heavily as you guys are there. You're hit pretty hard, but uh, uh, you know things are shutting down. Yeah, clubs and restaurants and all that stuff, stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we we've lost a couple of gigs already. Yeah. So in this new age of pandemics, you know, I I got to ask you guys if April twenty third, the release party for the new album, is still on. Perfect timing, eh? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I don't know. You know, it might be uh, that uh, you know that's the uh, that's the weekend that everything kind of begins to come back to normal, huh? So they say. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. It's possible. Knows. It's possible. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, possible. I think we're all we're all in uncharted territory, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I hope, I hope it, it, it happens. You guys haven't, you haven't canceled it at this point. You're, you're, you're holding out hope, right? Uh, not that I, I don't know. What do you know today, Walt? Because it seems to change day to day. Yeah, it's, it's a little early to, to say, but um, I think it, we will probably stream it. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so instead of having a group of people. All crowding right. around when they should be uh, uh, social distancing, uh, the the new watchword right. uh, out there. Uh, right. uh, uh, you would stream it. Yeah, I've seen we've seen some uh, musicians uh, already kind of flip over to uh, to doing something online uh, for folks. And I did a stream last night, as a matter of fact. Did you, Casey? Uh, yeah, just, with a, just a little uh, jam group called uh, Well Jared Tyler Band, or I think they call it Saw Guy. But uh, yeah, we streamed the show last night. Oh, you know how many people tuned in? Oh, uh, I heard a thousand. Wow, that's good. That's good. That's good. Well, uh, uh, did you get any tips? We got a few tips. <laughs> good, good, good. All right. <laughs> Actually, it came about as a canceled gig that night uh, at a club, and so let's just go through this streaming thing, and we ended up making about the same amount of money. So, Oh, hell, was, and, uh, and so you saved on gas. Yeah, well, it's just right down the street, but <laughs> but uh, so is the other, you know, our other, where we streamed was even closer, but um, yeah, it turned out fine. Oh, huh, huh. I think I think my band's going to have to think about that. Yeah, we've we've already lost a couple of gigs here in the next couple of weeks, and you know, hopefully that will uh, that will change. I mean, the, 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 we you know, obviously nobody knows what's going to happen, uh, and it is a sad fact that. Uh, that uh, you know the concert business is really, really being affected out there. Yeah, every, it seems like it's uh, yeah. touching everything. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I've been telling some of my uh, my my younger friends that uh, you know I haven't seen anything like this in my lifetime, and to be honest with you, it kind of reminds me of you know my uh, reading and understanding of uh, World War Two. You know when uh, when you know you, you had uh, rations and you know everything was for the war effort, and uh, you had um, you know the uh, the old blackouts and stuff like that, and you know I mean what, what do you guys think? Well, we've seen tons of flus, you know, Asian flu, uh, yeah. swine flu, uh, schwars, and uh, all that, but nothing quite like this. It's just, you know, 
everywhere. I mean, all over the world. You know, France is about shut down. And yeah, yeah. Italy and yeah. I even talked to an acquaintance in uh, Holland just the other day, and they're doing it. So everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Casey, I I think you were, you were born in Holland, right? I was. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you uh, you were born. Was it forty two? Is that right? That's that's unfortunately correct. <laughs> so, I didn't. I didn't. Hey, sorry, I didn't mean to expose your age there. Uh, you know. Well, but, uh, yeah, you gave a pretty good hint. <laughs> but you, yeah, you you are a war baby, uh, especially over there. Yeah. Man. Wow, uh, those, those those were tough times. Oh yeah, I think bombs were dropping, you yeah. know, right around when I was, you know, yeah. one or two or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and then and then your uh, your folks moved to the the states uh, probably after the war, huh? Yeah, nineteen forty eight. Yeah, and then you ended up in Los Angeles of all places. Yeah, we had uh, relatives there. The uh, there was a. Uh, dairy farmers and stuff like that. My dad came over and was a cow milker. Oh, okay. So you guys had then, uh, had family or or family friends or what have you said, hey, you know, if you make it to the states, come on out to L.A. Well, you know, in those days, you had to have a sponsor. Yeah. To come over, and you had to have a job. Yeah. So yeah, you know, they uh, had both. So yeah, my 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 so, my mom's side of the family uh, and my mom. Uh, they came from Denmark after the war. Oh yeah, yeah, same sort of thing. So I know about the sponsor and uh, the fact that you know you had to have uh, a job lined up and and all of that, and uh, you know that, th those were different times. So, so you end up in L.A. But but Walt, I th I think you you were born and raised in Tulsa. Is that right? Uh, I was born in McAllister. You know, just south of Tulsa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you and you Even pretty much lived your life uh, uh, out there. Yeah, Tulsa. I've been here most of my life. Yeah. And now, now, do you come from a a, a family of uh, cow milkers? Uh, no. Uh, we well, yeah, probably so. <laughs> I just come to think of it. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but, now, uh, hey, you guys have even more uh, in common going on. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, uh, my dad was a fiddler and musician. You know. Oh, okay. All right, so, all right, yeah, and uh, and Walt, you uh, you kind of uh, gravitated to that right away, huh? Yeah, I just I don't know how I got here, but uh, <laughs> it happened. Uh, but I I was always you know listening to Ed Domino and Little Richard and you know all the good stuff. Yeah, when I was yeah, young. yeah. That that first iteration of uh, of rock and roll, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same same thing with you, Casey. Is that uh, you know it, it, did it, did that perk your ears up uh, the first time you heard it? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I grew up listening to uh, at early age like Frank Sinatra and Doris Day and Rosemary Clooney and you know Tony Bennett and all that stuff. And then in the blink of an eye, it was. Uh, Little Richard, <laughs> okay, <Matt> Domino, <laughs> Ray uh -huh. Charles, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. You know, those influences uh, have never left. It was just a, so, a whole different world in the, you know, I don't know, one second to the next, seemed like. Yeah, I, yeah. I, always, I always like to ask the question of, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, as Walt, as you said, you know, you kind of grew up in a, a family of musicians. Um, so, you know, yeah. you, you were handed down. 
you know, some traditions. Uh, I'm sure, uh, Casey, um, it's probably similar uh, for you as well. Uh, maybe uh, that that old Hollywood sort of sound. You know, you mentioned Frank Sinatra, Doris Day. But, you know, what, what would you guys call each of you, you know, that first artist that you would call your own? You know, where, where music went from, you know, the black and white of your parents uh, or your influence of your older siblings or what have you to the color of this is mine. This, this, this is, this is the guy that speaks to me. Well, uh, Ray Charles, first person comes to mind. Oh, okay. All right. And the, and the really, uh, you're talking about the rock or early rock and roll. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it, Ray like Ray Charles is a, is a great pick. I mean, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we believe, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's that, that, uh, that Ur, uh, artist that, uh, that, that brings, you know, gospel secularizes it. And that's, you know, kind of the beginnings of that boogie woogie, which then leads to, uh, to rock and roll, huh? Absolutely. And, and then, uh, of course he did some great country music as well. Yes, he did. Didn't he? Yeah, man, yeah. sure did. Yeah, he was able to cross uh, several genres throughout uh, throughout his life, uh, and uh, and just you know remain uh, at the peak of his game of just gosh up until just a few weeks before he passed. Uh, and Absolutely. Walt, uh, what about you? Mm-hmm. What was the, what what what's the first artist that you called your own? Uh, it probably was also Ray Charles. Uh, uh, there, there was a a roller rink here when I was 13 and, uh, you know, it had Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Lewis, Frogman Henry. I mean, everybody played there at this roller rink Mm -hmm. and, uh, my mom would take me there. And so I heard all the good stuff. Yeah. Oh, really? really, How about Buddy Holly? Did you catch Buddy? You catch Buddy Holly. uh, that's because uh, that's around that time. But uh, all right. So all of that original stuff right there at the roller rink, uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's where I saw uh, that's where I saw Ronnie Hawkins. Oh, you did. Had, oh, with the with the band. With the band. Yeah. Or what becomes the band. Yeah. Yeah. So you saw well, the Jayhawks. And so I saw Rick Danko there. Yeah. And he was maybe four, four years older than me, but he was really old you know to me and then it turns out i played with him after the last waltz i was lucky enough to tour with him yeah 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 with you Rick, did Rick Benko. Yeah, yeah yeah so yeah so so walt you, your your background is uh you know being there in tulsa uh yeah rick danko uh huge that that must have been fun uh, uh, to, uh oh, yeah. for, for me uh uh that's funny i i i um uh interviewed uh, elliot landy uh, a couple weeks ago um you know famous for uh for the picks for big pink and uh in the brown album uh and mm-hmm. um you know he just put he's putting a new book out on the, on the band uh, with a lot of his photos and uh, I, I admitted to him, I said, out of all the guys, they're all great, but Rick's my favorite. There's just something about Rick I just yeah. really, really loved. Uh, and uh, it's too bad he's gone. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then you also, of course, you know, uh, come from the J.J. Kale uh, world, right? Yeah. After Rick Danko, I uh, I played with Bonnie Raitt 
for six years and uh, and then I played played with kale and then the tractors and then Clapton. Yeah, and and the I think the tractors is where is is that where the two of you first get together? Oh no, no, no it was before that. Okay, all right, I'm getting ahead of myself then yeah. here. So right yeah. now, Casey, you're you're from L.A. And I think yeah. did, did you start playing with like Jerry Lee Lewis and Tina Turner and people like that? Well, we played in this uh, young adult nightclub called the Cinnamon Cinder. Mm. And uh, back Bob, in those Bob days. Bob Eubanks' old place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in those days, concerts weren't uh, a thing yet. And so all the recording acts would play in uh, clubs and stuff like that. But. Uh, uh, we'd have them. Uh, we'd have somebody come in once a week for like five years, and just about all the recording acts came through there. That you know anybody had a hit record and so forth came through there, and we would be their band. And so, uh, you know, we'd go back in the back room for twenty minutes or so and rehearse their songs real quick and go out and do a forty-five minute show or whatever it was. Right. And uh, so. Uh, that's how I come to be playing with all those all those folks for years, you know, over the years, and it was a, it was quite a training ground for a young music guy, you know. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the name of the band that uh, ended up being the backing band? Was it, uh, uh, the Vibrance. The Vibrance, right, right. And, yeah. Uh, that that was kind of nice. So so you did grow up and get into the music business first in Los Angeles. Yeah. 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 And uh, so you guys were kind of like a backing band at, you were like the house band at. Uh, we were the house band yeah. and, and then we'd, we'd back up the artists that came through. Yeah. So uh, how was it playing with the killer? Uh, he wasn't too crazy about us, as a matter of fact. I've talked to some of the guys that backed up Chuck Berry, so I, I've heard that. I've heard that exact same story. So go ahead, let's let's hear about Jerry. <laughs> oh, it, it was interesting, you know. Of course, we. I mean, we had a good visit with him and so forth, but uh, um, it turns out what we needed to do was. Uh, kind of gained speed as the song went along and we had a really good drummer who could just hold down the time like nobody's business and uh he didn't quite like that he kind of wanted things to speed up a little bit as he went along so uh i think the that was one time he came through and i think the next time he came through uh he brought his own band oh <laughs> <laughs> and the writing was on the wall well <laughs> <laughs> it thought he was he was uh Entertaining fellow, I'd say, to say the least. Oh, yeah, there's no two ways about that. He definitely was yeah. entertaining. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and actually it kind of makes sense that he'd want to speed up the songs as things got going. Yeah. To try to, we try didn't to, know. Try to pull we, it out. Pull we figured it out. It out. Audience. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> we figured it out later on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, also with uh, Ike and Tina, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course they had they were self-contained, you know, they had a band and they had their dancing girls and all that stuff. So they were, you know, they oh, were Oh, yeah, the Ikeats, the Ikeats, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some version of the Ikeats anyway, but uh, yeah. uh 
one time they did come through and the bass player uh, couldn't make it, so I did get to play with them just the one time. But it was uh, it was pretty fun. I had heard them a bunch of times before, and I, I pretty much knew their deal, you know. So yeah, it was it went pretty smooth. Except they had a brand new song called uh, um, "River Deep and Mountain High," and I'd never heard that one. So and they had one of the guitar players play on that particular song. But other than that, yeah, it was. Uh, it was really fun being oh, up there watching. Yeah. How, how, how was, was, how was guy. up close? Oh, she was fine. She was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. she's very you know, outgoing, friendly. And Ike, he was he was a real good guy. He ran a tight ship, you know. And, good. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 I know. He, you know, he, he, he gets remembered now for, you know, being abuse, an abusive husband and, uh, that's you know that's only a part of the story uh you know he he was quite a great musician himself and you know i think we'd all agree that uh you know if it's not the first rock and roll song rocket 88 which he wrote uh is definitely one of the first yeah yeah definitely sure was yeah i think he got a bad rap you know i mean i i don't i don't know anything about the abuse and all that kind of stuff i mean it's all hearsay as far as i know but um, I mean, to my personal knowledge, but, uh, yeah, he was a great guy and, and, uh, you know, the forerunner of all our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Here's a quick word from our sponsors. We'll be back in a bit. And now back to the program. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> And then Casey, you uh, were in Linda Ron Ronstan's band for uh, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it was it early was, on, it was short after after, yeah, st after Stone Ponies, but uh, in yeah, you know, when, I, I think after Asher got a hold of her and uh, was you know turned her into a, a solo. Yeah, he was he was there when we went to kind of rehearsing our stuff at first. So mm -hmm. you know, I ran into him because I'd actually played with him and. Uh, Oh, and, that's uh, uh, with Peter and Gordon, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. So that's the connection. Okay, so you you had played with them. So you you were uh, unlike the Jerry Lee Lewis uh, story. You were in good with Peter. Yeah, I was I was fine with him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think there are two other guys in that band uh, that kind of went off and did some sort of side project that uh, might have turned into something pretty big. Um, which band was that? Uh, with Linda Ronstadt. Oh yeah, um, guy, guy named Glenn and a guy named Don. Yeah, Glenn Fry and Don Henley. They were both in that band, and there was another guy too, a guitar player, but I cannot remember his name. Seems like it was something Booth or something. And uh, that was a good little band, real efficient. You know, good singing and. Yeah, is it is it true you got asked to go with Glenn and Don to form this new thing they were after? Well, uh, Glenn had approached me. We were playing pool or something when we were in New York. He said, man, I sure wish the three of us could do this deal. I got this new deal going. And I I said, well, I got a deal going. I can't really jump ship and and do that. And so Yeah, you you had your you own know. band called Moccasin, right? Yeah, I was in a band, Moccasin. And, and you guys had gotten signed uh, about the same time. Yeah, we'd gotten signed right at the same time. And uh 
course, in L.A., you know, there's a new band starting every 15 minutes, and <laughs> you don't you don't know what what's going on, who's doing what. You know, they come and go. Yeah, yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. sure, sure today you might have said, "Hmm, maybe I should go with those guys," uh, knowing what we know. Uh, now. Maybe I maybe I should have. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, do you, was, I, I don't know, Casey. Do you, do you hold that high like uh, Randy Meisner and uh, uh, and uh, uh, Timothy do? I I don't I don't really <laughs> give it much thought. It, it happened, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. gone and done. So yeah, yeah. So you're out in L.A. and you're uh, you know you're 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 doing your thing. Uh, you know you, uh, you you did get a deal. I think you guys did put one album out. You you played with all these amazing uh, folks, and uh, and poor Walt, you're stuck over in uh, in Tulsa, uh, but you're doing your your own thing. So what, what what was Tulsa like as this is kind of going on in the mid late '60s and early '70s? Mm-hmm, yeah, nightclubs. Nightclubs. Lots of nightclubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I, I, obviously everybody knows Tulsa is a good country hotbed, but I think it's also a, a big blues uh, uh, a city as well, huh? Yeah, I mean we we played pretty much only rhythm and blues. Yeah, you know, not not straight blues, but but rhythm and blues. Yeah, yeah. So so explain to our audience that what 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 the difference is in your mind. Well, rhythm and blues uh, would be uh, black music. That's that's all we would play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we we worshipped all the, you know, Freddie King and BB King, King and, and yeah, the, the, the three King, kings, all, yeah, the three kings, all the kings, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and then uh, me particularly, I was kind of drawn to the piano, so uh, so it was Alan Toussaint. Oh those, yeah, from New Orleans, know, right? You know, yeah. Oh, Ernie, Ernie Cato, and 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 uh, uh, just the meters, and yeah. I mean, he did so much. Alan Toussaint was the guy for me, of course. You know, yeah, I can, I can, hear that. I can hear that in the playing, especially in the new uh, in the new record, which we'll we'll get to here in a yeah. second. Um, so then, yeah. uh, uh, Casey, I think you, you you get tired of L.A. or uh, maybe maybe I think maybe it was a gig that sent you out to Tulsa. Had you been there before? Uh, I, I come out to play with the Don Preston, who was in the Leon Russell's band, the Shelter People. Oh, yeah. And uh, I came out and did some work with him on a uh, a record he was doing as as uh, he being a single artist, and uh, and then went back to Tulsa, and then we came out, came back out a couple years later, I think it was around seventy five or so, and did some touring to support his uh, you know uh, singles career, and uh, that didn't work out, so he decided to go back to L A. and I said, well, you know, kind of tired of L.A. I think I'll just hang around here. And uh, and uh, so so this started off as just uh, an extended vacation that's been going on for forty five years. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just here living. So, right, uh, right, right, right. Now, 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 around yeah. that time, I think this is like about seventy five, right? So that was uh, forty five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and and I and I think YouTube 
hooked up uh, about that time. Is that right? Yeah, That's right. As soon as, as soon as I came to town, and uh, we played in this little club called the Magician's Theater, and uh, uh, Walt and I and Byfield were in a little band, and uh, we did we did a little short stint out there, and uh, yeah, we Walt and I have been playing ever since. Uh, yeah, so that's off and on. Yeah, I'm say not, not. Yeah, you've been playing together for a long time. So, uh, you know, first, how, how do you guys still like each other? Well, uh, who said we did? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Walt, Walt, I, I noticed you were silent uh, for that question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and, Casey's the greatest. Casey has some great taste in music, you know. Oh, so that's it. Oh, yeah, the musical we're, we're connection. Buddy. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, okay. And Walt's the greatest piano player in the world. So, oh, there mutual, you go. Uh, mutual yeah. affection, mutual appreciation. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, that's that is definitely what you look for. That and uh, ease and comfort, uh, sharing a beer, uh, or or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, whatever floats yeah. your boat. Uh, but, uh, uh, so you guys come together, you're, you're, you're doing these jam, are, are, was this a jam or was it just, uh, you know, were, were you trying to put a band together the first time out? No, we were just playing. Mm -hmm. Just having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, Walt, uh, you know, the, you're seeped in that tradition, you know, you're born there, raised there. Uh, you know, uh, in your influences that we've talked about, all kind of in that geographic uh, area. Casey, though, you you know, you're a European uh, that yeah. falls in love with uh, with American music, and uh, and then decides to you know head out to one of the meccas, and 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 that's Tulsa. So you know, how, how is that a little bit? You know, you know what, what? I guess maybe a better question is, you know, where did you see where that that you were constantly drawn out of, you know, your ancestral background. I mean, let's face it, you know, blues music is about as far away from the European tradition as you can get. Yeah, you know, of course there are those who, you know, gravitate towards blues even out there, you know, California or wherever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Holland or whatever, yeah. and, uh, you know, even in Denmark and stuff, you know, there's guys playing blues music, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It just, uh, it just seemed natural to you to, to move that way. Well, you know, I'm kind of backwards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Everybody was, everybody was going from Tulsa to LA and I was going the other way. That is so. true. That, yeah, yeah. That's uh, gonna... Normally that's the case. Uh, so, you know, you go to LA to make it in the music business. You don't, you don't yeah. leave LA to, to make it in the music business. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that happens, but uh, yeah. kind of how I live my life, kind of halfway backwards. No, but, you know, I can see some <laughs> things beginning to emerge here. Like, you know, I mean, you know, we talked about Linda Ronstadt, uh, uh, Glenn and uh, and Don that go and form the Eagles. And, you know, uh, you know, Timothy's from Poco, Poco, the Burrito Brothers, uh, Burrito Brothers are there, you know, uh, with Parsons and and uh, Graham and his, uh, you know, uh, what what did he call it? Uh, cosmic, uh, cosmic, um, oh, cosmic cowboy or co cosmic music is what what he did. And, you know, you even have um, uh, Mike Nesmith, ex Monkey, with uh, the First National Band around that time. So that that yeah. that sort of country 
you know, what we now all call Americana uh, music is kind of being invented uh, in L.A. at that time, huh? Yeah, they kind of did their own version of country stuff. Of course, there there was a lot of country out there anyway. Well, yeah, playing. the Bakersfield sound, uh, you know, uh, that's seeping in yeah. easily. Uh, you know, yeah. with uh, Buck Owens and the Buckaroos and uh, and all of that. Uh, so, so yeah, you can see where these, uh, you know, these little puddles are, are, are streaming together to, to create this new thing. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, as we, as we've gone and, and looked deeper into it, it's funny, you know, you have the band, uh, you know, which, you know, comes from, uh, you know, Ronnie Hawkins through Bob Dylan and, and then into their own thing. Uh, a lot of people point to them as, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the fountainhead of uh, of that Americana scene, and you know, we we think that the Burrito Brothers and Graham Parsons are just as important. I mean, you know, look what Graham did with the Stones, and uh, and getting them uh, to to kind of look at country music and and actually do a pretty good job. I I I think their country versions are better than their blues versions uh, for a bunch of Englishmen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh... actually, I think Casey, you got to play with them once. I did. I, we opened up for them in their first concert out in, in the L.A. area. It was actually in Long Beach, and uh, so Bob Eubanks was the promoter. He promoted a uh, uh, bunch of those English acts, including the Beatles, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, so he got us on uh, that Rolling Stone show, and le- and sometime a little later on, we did a Dave Clark Five show, and. Uh, so that was uh, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. So 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 you pack up uh and and head out to to Tulsa uh and uh you and Walt uh, kind of get together and and I I think did you mention that Jim uh Byfield who's also on the new record uh was also in that first incarnation of you guys hanging out and playing together, huh? Yeah. And also Chuck Blackwell was the drummer. He was the you know, shelter people, the Leon Russell band's drummer for forever. And, and, uh, it was a really nice little band. Yeah. So Walt, were you playing with Leon and, uh, and his group as well? Uh, no, he's a piano player. Oh, that's right. They couldn't have two of you. You're, you're damn right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but he, yeah. I mean, he kind of, uh, and and this is a time when when Leon is is living in Tulsa. Well, I think he's got an LA home as well, but you know, mm-hmm. he he still has roots there, right? Yeah, in the seventies, he uh, he had three studios here, uh, and uh, one was Shelter at the the church studio, and uh, and I would go down there. 72 to 76 is when it was open. I was there almost every day mm-hmm. just learning how to record. I wasn't working for anyone. I was just there hanging out. <laughs> uh, they, they call that interns now, uh, Walt. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Free help. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you learned you learned uh you learned from uh from working there uh, to to run the boards huh i did yeah because you're not only you're a piano player you're you're known as a producer yeah i mean it's just i got some recording equipment and i get it done somehow <laughs> 
So you guys get together, and is it true you guys wrote a bunch of Christmas songs together? We actually did. Yeah, what 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 was the impetus for that? Well, every year Walt would put together a, a Christmas, a bunch of songs with the local guys around here and just give them away to people for Christmas presents, and then... After we did that for several years, well, we should write our own Christmas songs and stuff. And so uh, we did quite a few of those. Um, you know, some of the guys who had performed on the previous records wrote their own songs and stuff and recorded them. And and uh, Walt would make a bunch of copies of those and give those away. Very cool, very cool. And uh, did it pay? Uh, were you selling the songs to other artists to put on their, you know, their contractual Christmas albums, which uh, you know back in the day everybody had to do? Yeah, Walt. Well, what what did you pay us for that stuff? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Walt. What kind of money did you make? <laughs> Casey and I want to know. (laughs) It's still in the mail. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, so, Walt, what, what, what made you say, "Mm, "Damn, was it just a fun project? It was just for friends and family and that sort of thing." Yeah, it's just. It was just, uh, you know, a wait for us Christmas. Okay. All right. All right. So we just record. Record some songs, put it on a cassette, and give it away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of lots of fun. Do you guys still play some of those Christmas songs around the holidays? Uh, I don't. No? I was lucky enough to get, a, uh, I think, maybe three of those on a Tractor's record, a couple on one Christmas record and one on another one, but... Um, that worked out all right. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So tell us about the tractors, and because I, I I think you guys um, worked with uh, the recently departed Steve Ripley to put that together, right? Well, Walt worked really closely with him, so he know a lot more about that stuff than me. Mm-hmm. So how the tractors come about, Walt? Uh, I was co-producer on, I guess, three albums, and. Uh, we, there's not much to say. I mean, we just <laughs> we're just writing songs and recording them. Uh, but uh, I, I, is it the first album that actually kind of makes a big of a, a bit of a splash? Yeah, yeah. There was a song "Baby Likes to Rocket," which yeah. I co-wrote with Steve Ripley, mm-hmm. and uh, and it did real good. But uh, you know, radio almost refused to play it. It wasn't country enough. Oh, um, yeah. I've heard that story many times. So it's not country yeah. enough. It's not black enough. We're, what are we going to do with this? Oh, hey, that's Elvis Presley. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, you know, yeah. Right. Th- those yeah. those geniuses, they really know what they're talking about, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and but, uh, dance clubs got a, hold, got a hold of that song, dance they, clubs. And, they, uh, they did. And, and they, you know, forced radio to play it mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. calling in. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. mm-hmm. And that turned yeah. into a bit of a hit. Yeah. Yeah. And Casey, you were in the band, right? Yeah. Yeah. You were the bass player. Uh-huh. And, uh, and how, okay. So, of course, it begs the question, because I know you end up at the White House. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> how how did that happen? I'm not sure, but uh, we, we just got an invite from uh, Bill Clinton through, I don't know what, do you know what avenue that came through, Walt? 
Uh, the RIAA. Is that how that happened through the RIAA? Think, yeah, Recording Institute I think of America. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had to go there and make an appearance there because there was, I think it was a million that Tractor's album was a million seller at that time, and so we got a, you know, cupy doll for that. <laughs> yeah, of course. And yep. then they and then they <laughs> set us they set up that deal, I guess. And, yeah. Uh, Clintons weren't there at the time. They oh, heard we were no. coming. Oh, so they, they, they vacated. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they found out it was us, they left town. They said, yeah, we don't want, we don't want those Okies here. We're from Arkansas. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we, we all know the, the rivalry between Oklahoma and Arkansas, so that must have been. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, old Arkies. Yeah, but you, uh, you, uh, you got to sit uh, behind the oval and uh, sit in the oval and uh, put your feet up on the resolution desk huh no, i did <laughs> i had a big did, cigar i was did you make any pro, pro, uh, proclamations or uh did you change any laws for us no i didn't think i don't know i get, didn't get to pass any laws yeah, yeah. i probably should have yeah <laughs> so is that how you guys came to the attention of jj kales uh, from from the tractors oh no well I, I personally didn't know uh, Kale much, but uh, Walt did way before that. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Yeah, Kale. And was from here. Yeah, Kale was always around, you know. Mm-hmm. He'd, play, he'd play some nightclubs, too. And then the, he'd come sit in with you, you know, if you're playing. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but I didn't start playing until oh, 2004. Oh, then, oh, uh, oh, and it was it was uh, around when when uh, Clapton and and JJ Kale did that uh, compilation album, right? Right. Yeah, yeah and, we did Escondido. Escondido, right? And, uh, yeah. And and then and, you uh, you went on tour with uh, with Clapton after that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I had met Clapton, you know, a few times before, but. Uh, but it was that, you know, I was playing with Kale, so Clapton mm-hmm. really loves Kale. Yes, yeah. And uh, and so he just, uh, and I was playing on the Escondido record, so Clapton just had me play on all of his albums since then. Yeah, you're 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 still the first call guy when uh, when he wants to get in the studio, right? Yeah, well, he's he's really nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's he's very kind. Uh, and uh, any is there anything coming up with him uh, soon, or uh, uh, you, you're just on a yeah, waiting I period? I can't tell. Uh, I, you know, every everything's canceled. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So. Yeah. Because of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So everything's on hold. Uh, Well, we'll cross our fingers and and uh, and hope that changes. So okay. So before we get into Casey Van Beek and the Tulsa Groove, uh, can you guys give us an explanation? What do you what what the Tulsa sound is? Oh yeah, Walt can tell you. (laughs) <laughs> you're up walt <laughs> well, it we, better be we, a good one <laughs> yeah i know i know well, a lot of people say you know it's like kale or leon but kale and leon sound nothing alike yeah <laughs> even though yeah. they they play together mm-hmm. so 
I, I say it's uh, it's the drummers. It's it's Chuck Blackwell and Jimmy Carstein. Oh, I, I say that's the Tulsa sound. It kind of gives that Rolling Thunder, uh, uh, almost almost that New Orleans uh, kind of uh, uh, beat to it. I, 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 I am I mm-hmm. right in that? Am I am I thinking right? Well, yeah. I mean, if you listen to uh, it's, I'd say it's more on the kale side, and that's that's what I've tried to make this record with Casey a little bit on the kale side of things. Uh huh. On the on the behind behind the beat a little bit, right? Uh, well, that's that's actually not true. The behind the beat theory. <laughs> It may appear that way, but it's uh, it's for the instrument hit because I we use a drum machine quite a bit. You did uh, on this new on if this you new see, record. If uh-huh. you see on there, uh, you know I'll use a, a drum machine to cut the track, and then I'll go back and I'll keep the kick. Then I'll go back and maybe put my own snare on, and my, maybe my own hi hat on. Uh huh. Live in live in the room. But, I mean, if you notice on there, I'm the drummer. Yeah, so. yeah, you are. Yeah, piano, <laughs> organs, and drums. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Uh, so yeah, I I, I liked so, what you said a little a, a a little Leon, a little Walt, and then the drummers is is what makes the Tulsa sound. I think so. I think it's Jimmy Carstein and Chuck Blackwell. They were the guys. Yeah, uh, and, and it drips all yeah. over this so new, Keltner, new record. You know, oh, yeah, Jim. You know, mm-hmm. Keltner's born. He's born in Tulsa. Keltner. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jim Keltner. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, and he learned. He was a jazz drummer until he started hanging around with Chuck Blackwell and and figured out, oh, you rock and roll. How do you do that? Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. So, so we, we have great drummers come out of Tulsa. Yeah, so so it's the beat, uh, uh, and uh, and a lot of rock and roll. It all it all starts with a great drummer. If you don't have a great drummer, you don't have a great band. There you go. Yeah, I, I completely it. I completely agree with that. Uh, believe me, drum, I, drum I played with it. Yeah, play, yeah, yeah. That rhythm section is not uh, solid. Uh, yeah. you're, you're 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 missing the whole point. Uh, and uh, right. I, I hear you. So, uh, yeah. all right. So K- Casey Van Beek. And the Tulsa Groove. How come, Casey, you get top billing? Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess because I sang all the songs. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you're kind of you're, you're kind of a you know a side man, and and now you're you're out in front. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Is it? I don't know. It sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> Oh yeah, it turned out great. I, I don't, you know, I'm real happy with it. So. Oh, it, okay. The name of the album is Heaven Forever, and it, and it, and it is. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's just one of those records you put on, and you can just let the whole thing run, and and it, without even knowing it, you're gonna have a smile on your face through the whole thing. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what we're shooting for. Yeah, yeah. So, why the name Heaven Forever? Well, Walt wrote a song called Heaven Forever. Yeah, uh, Walt, by, by the way, I, that's my favorite song on the album. 
Oh, yeah. Now I've only listened to it a couple times. And, you know, my, my experience is that, uh, you know, my favorite songs usually change uh, the more I listen to it. Right. You know, I, right. I think we're all kind of like that. Uh, but but right away, the first one that kind of just jumped out at me was uh, was that song. And, and uh, uh, am I wrong to think that it doesn't kind of, you know, have uh, a lot of Leon Russell in it? It does not. It doesn't. Is that oh. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I, that was just what I, I when I first heard it, I was like, "Oh man, it, Casey, is that you singing lead on that?" Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I sang all those songs. It kind of to me, it kind of had a a, a a Leon flavor to it, but uh, but but maybe not. Oh, huh, well, well, no, I I I didn't hear you right. Uh, yeah, I mean, Leon's going to show up in my play on every every day, you know. He was great. Yeah, yeah. He he. It was, so was he? Was he kind of like uh, you know your? Uh, I, you know, I tell people when they ask me, you know, who's the, your ultimate uh, uh, you know influence, and I, I I always have to say David Bowie. That's just the guy that I fell in love with when I was mm. about twelve or thirteen years old, and said, "Hey, the space alien that plays guitar, that's me." Uh, that's what I want to do, you know. So uh, uh, with you, uh, you know, it was uh, it was that long hair with the top hat uh, that did it for you, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I mean, I grew up, I grew up with Bob Wills, you know, yeah. around here, mm-hmm. and uh, Lefty Frizzell, you know, mm-hmm. his country music. Yeah, was, that's what my dad said. And, yeah, uh, but then as soon as I heard New Orleans music, uh, that you know. That, that, was that, was that was it. That was it for the country. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, but uh, but it, but Bob Wills, they were all heavy jazz players. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. funny how all that works. A lot of jazz musicians are from here. You know, Count Basie's band, the Blue Devils, were from around here. Really? Didn't Oklahoma. know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're you yeah. know you're you're out there on the plains, uh, and uh, other than uh, milking cows, I guess there's just music to do, right? There's nothing else to do. <laughs> That's it. Those are two choices: either go out and milk some more cows, or sit down and learn an instrument. One of the two. That's it. <laughs> All right. So, so you know, how did the album come about, and uh, you know, what did you guys set out to accomplish? Well. Uh... We originally started recording a bunch of those uh, old songs that Walt was talking about, Bob Wills, and uh, gosh, I can't think of everybody's name that we did, but uh, yeah, so we started doing that for fun, and then a little further into it, we stumbled across something that was a little more of a rock thing and rock and roll type, and uh, and we said, hey, we need to write some of these kind of songs and stuff, and and, yeah. well, we did. We wrote most of the songs, but uh, yeah, I think there's seven originals uh, and five covers on the album. Yeah, yeah, and uh, most of the covers are kind of uh, uh, um, no, not uh, real ob- obvious songs. You know, like the <clears throat> the first track is oh uh, Roberta, yeah. It's the backside of uh, um, Seekers. Sea cruise. Um, sea back of sea cruise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The B side. So the, the B side to sea cruise. The B side of the big hit. So yeah. Of course, 
you know, me being a backwards kind of a person. I <laughs> well, as we've flipped established. It, flipped it over onto the back and played that one. <laughs> hey, this wasn't a hit. Hey. Let's do this one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe it won't a, be a hit again, right? <laughs> yeah, we can do it again. It won't be a hit. <laughs> nah, it's a great version. It's a great opening track. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, I love I love all the backgrounds uh, uh, going on there. Uh, uh, I, I take it, Walt, you're, you, you're in charge of production, so you're the one that put it all together, huh? Yeah, well, we all, we just, we just did it, you know. Mm. So, yeah, he said, he said, uh, hey, you guys, think of something. <laughs> and we go, okay. Oh, you mean here? How about this? No, something. not that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we came up with ooh-wop-a-dado. Ooh-wop-a-dado. All right. Yeah, that's, the, that's the background singing on that song. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, man, lots of fun, lots of fun. Lots of fun. So, uh, all right. So, like I said, there's seven uh, originals and, and five covers. How, how long did it, guys, take you to write and produce the, the album? It was a year. Well, yeah, I think it was about a year. Oh, that's a good, uh-huh. that's a good real time. So, so this wasn't like uh, one, of, one of those sort of like, yeah, you know, we'll just see what happens. It was it was an actual project. Yeah, we well, I don't know, we... We didn't know it was a project at first. I don't think we just started recording some of those old songs, and uh, and it was super fun and everything. But it just kind of evolved in this other thing, and I think that's you know that's what took so long. Mm-hmm. Some of them we didn't finish till you know the last two or three weeks of the deal. So right, right, right. And uh, and then this is part of the Little Village Foundation. Can you tell us about that? Um, you know, I don't know a whole lot about their history or anything. Uh, Jim Pugh, he's the the guy who's the president, and uh, he was the piano player for Robert Cray for twenty five oh. years. Okay, and uh, yeah, he's a real good piano player. And um, he just decided to start this foundation, and I don't know exactly how he got it funded, but it was to afford. People like us or lesser known people who uh, he thinks have some kind of virtue and uh, and helps them put out a record that they probably normally wouldn't be able to. So without something so like this, a, you, you guys don't think uh, you could have gotten this uh, released? Not a chance. Really? really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the, it was presented to some record companies and so forth, and but... Um, Nobody went for it. You know, it's not mainstream country or, you know, it's not rock and roll, to, so to speak. I don't know. It's kind of a conglomeration. I guess we're under the uh, in under the umbrella of Americana. It's kind of a cross between country, rock, folk, I you know that that type of stuff. Yeah, it's, so we it's, don't really it's, fit it's a, a bit of a gumbo. It's a bit of a gumbo, but uh, yeah, uh, in a, in a great way. Like I said, uh, you know, um, uh, Casey, I, I I just gotta say, you know, your voice is very inviting, and uh, you know, it's obvious you don't take yourself too serious, and uh, you know, the songs uh, kind of play like that, and it's just good old fashioned fun. Yeah, I think it's good listening stuff. I'm, you know, I, 
I've given it to a few friends and so forth, and they they seem to really enjoy it. You know, they just put it on and listen, and doesn't get in the way of anything. You know, it's not too offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, you you're not gonna have uh, uh, maybe fireworks uh, and uh, and spitting blood at a show or something like that, but uh, but I'm sure that I'm sure it's uh, you know good shit kicking uh, type of dancing, huh? Yeah, it's just uh, we just call it groove music, you know. Yeah, get it, get up, get up off the off your seat and uh, and groove a little. Yeah, and then there's a little, there's a little seriousness in there. The uh, you know the waltzing along, waltzing around with my shadow, which is written by a friend of mine, and um, and the heaven is kind of controversial, I'd say a little bit. And, uh, at least it's a different point of view than than most people think about when they're talking about going to heaven. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, something to think about. Yeah, uh, is there is there a favorite uh, song on there for each of you guys? I uh, thinking about thinking about you. Thinking I was about just going to say thinking thinking about you. I think it's going to be the first uh, release on radio. That's going to be the single. And. Uh, yeah, it's a really simple song, but it, I mean, it's uh, pretty much embodies the Tulsa groove. So. Yeah, and that's a, yeah, that's I an really original. That's an original by uh, written by the two of you. How how did you come about? Yeah. Ma- uh, making that song. Well, uh, I thought it up <laughs> in the middle of the night. Did uh, an angel <laughs> arrive and uh, give it to you? Uh, was it a a, you know, a riff or? Uh, you, know, uh, you can't you can't ask me where ideas come from because I don't I haven't got a clue. The 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 muse strikes <laughs> when it strikes, huh? Yeah, something just happens. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes Walt will play a, a piano track and I'll just start mumbling around the stuff and I don't know, just come up with something. And and so so this 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 was <laughs> just 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 like all the rest, huh? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it just ended up being both of your favorites. That's that's really neat. So, all right. Now, the cover is just you, Casey, out there uh, w- with an what appears to be an escalator to heaven. Yeah. <clears throat> or <clears throat> could be from heaven. Oh, oh. So you're... You you've just you've checked you've checked it out, and un- <laughs> uh, and unlike Tulsa, you've decided to come back home. It's a it's a a pick your direction kind of a theme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. But I I noticed there. Well, I guess your, your only two choices are to go up to heaven or come back down to have from heaven. Yeah. That's there not there it, doesn't yeah. appear to be uh, any sort of highway to hell. Oh no no no! We're not in that uh, frame of mind yeah. yet. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll be the follow-up. Uh, yeah, the, the follow-up albums. <laughs> well, I, I normally ask if you guys going to have any tour plans, but I, I think you're going to tell me everything's up in the air. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Are Are you and, look? Are you hoping to, you know, uh, go worldwide with this thing? Well, we we probably wouldn't tour, you know, in the traditional sense because, uh, you know, we don't want to. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> so there you go. We're hoping for a few, you know, 
nice selected gigs here and there. Yeah. You know, that kind of a thing. And, yeah. 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 You know, hope we can sell, uh, you know, a zillion records. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the album comes out on April 23rd, uh, whether there's a release party or not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that'll be available everywhere, uh, you know, streaming services, uh, the music download services like Amazon and uh, Apple and that sort of thing, huh? All that stuff I don't know anything about. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah, you, you, you just, you just keep playing bass, and uh, they'll figure all that out. So, yeah. So, so are you guys keep looking at my flip phone? Flip, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you, are you hoping that uh, there'll be a, a second album? Uh, I don't know. Are we? Well, yeah. I think we've, I think we've got enough material for a couple couple more you do okay all right all right so yeah so, uh, uh, yeah we recorded a lot of songs you did you did so so this is uh this is just the first foray of uh uh, uh casey van beek and the tulsa group yeah yeah hold on to your head yeah yeah we're, we're, we'll get ready we'll get ready for you so so that right. that would be what's next well 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 uh Casey Van Beek and Walt Richmond, you know, would really appreciate you being on Deeper Digs in Rock uh, with us uh, with your new album, and uh, we hope nothing but success for you. Well, thanks for having us, Christian. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah. I've been up all night thinking about Thanks to Casey Van Beek and to Walt Richmond for joining me today. Yeah, do go out and grab a copy of Heaven Forever by Casey Van Beek and the Tulsa Groove uh, for some good old down-home fun rock and roll. Uh, it'll make your day and put a smile on your face. That I guarantee. Find the record wherever you get your good tunes. All right, so I, you know, I was thinking while talking to Casey and Walt uh, in the age of COVID-19, that we are going to lose so many of our heroes through this thing. Uh, not Casey and Walt, though. <laughs> I, I think they are both too ornery on the outside and sweet on the inside to be taken by this virus. No, no, no. It's just, you know, we've seen a few go down, uh, and uh, there probably will be more. And, you know, it's not just the virus. Uh, it's it's old age. It's natural causes. Um, you know, that's a big reason why we started Rock and Roll Archaeology in the first place. Yeah, I, I knew we were coming to the day when all of this would fade into mythology and the history books. And uh, I figured we, we, should, we should make one good last stab at it here before all these guys are gone. Um, you know, uh, and while there's been a lot 
said on the subject as it was, you know, literally being made, um, because this music arose at the same time as mass media and globalization rose in the late 20th century. Um, so, you know, it's, and I, I don't think that's by coincidence either. Uh, it's just that, you know, because it was there, uh, you know, it was commented on in real time. But, you know, analysis comes after the fact when you can look back and begin to see these separate puzzle pieces put together to lay out the full picture. Um, and I think that's what we're doing around here. Uh, you know, it's also the story of uh, American culture, rough-hewn and individualistic as it may have been, um, you know, that dominated the planet for, for better or worse. Of course, you know, I personally feel uh, far more uh, uh, to the better, uh, certainly when it came to uh, the music and uh, the counterculture. Um, you know, there's a, there, there, and I guess this is my point, there's a, there's a movement to downplay the boomer generation uh, these days, and I certainly get that. Um, you know, I, I, look, I, I'm a trailing edge boomer, um, but, uh, you know, it ne I never seem to be getting all the good stuff that uh, the uh, leading edge boomers were given. Um, yes, uh, a lot of boomers have done some shitty things to the planet uh, and have, uh, you know, expected most of uh, society to pay fealty to them for far too long. Get that. But. Hey, look, let's not lump everyone into a single bucket. Most of the musicians and artists, even those who were in the background, are the good guys in the overall star story. Uh, most were fighting back and telling you it's okay to do so. Uh, no need to throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. We just need to keep the good stuff and discard the bad. And yeah, there's a lot of bad. We can get rid of that. Um, but most of the rock and roll... That's the good stuff. Anyway, I have some news for all of you uh, that's stuck to the end here. <laughs> Two uh, big items. Um, one I can share this week and, and one I'll just kind of give a little bit of a preview to. Um, uh, although I'll give a little bit more than a, a preview. So, so look, for those wondering about episode 19, well, we've been on pause for a few weeks. No, not because of COVID. Well, okay, that did have something to do with it. But really, the reason we are behind schedule is that the RNRA has been picked up by OpenGate Entertainment in the hopes of turning our little podcast into a full-blown documentary series. Yeah, we are very excited at the the opportunity. Um, and at the same time, it has added a tremendous amount to the workload. So um, please give us um, give us some time. We're, we're, we're back to 19 now. We had uh, quite a bit of uh, things that we had to do. So the other thing is, uh, for those of you who go to the website, pantheonpodcasts.com, and go to uh, Rock and Roll Archaeology, you will find all of the shows now in HD, high-definition audio. HD Podcast, the world's first. This is huge. 
you're the first to know about it. We haven't even sent the PR out yet. Soon. Uh, that's going to happen in the next uh, week. So you get a little bit of a preview. Again, if you stuck around all the way to the end here. So that's why you should do those sort of things. All right. This is a result of your dedication to the podcast, and we appreciate it. Um, we couldn't have done it without you guys. Uh, it's just, you know, it's so humbling. Um, uh, and, hey, look, uh, if we need your help, uh, it's to try to tell as many people as possible about the uh, Rock and Roll Archaeology podcast um, because when we go to the streaming platforms uh, to sell um, the, uh, the documentary, um, you know, the more... Uh, download numbers we have, uh, the more chance uh, that they will green light. And of course, the more money will give us so that we can do this right. All right. Uh, finally, if you need to spice up the bedroom, go to adamandeve.com and use the code DIGS, D-I-G-S, at checkout for all kinds of free stuff. Okay, that's it. That's what I got for you. You all know what to do. Keep up the rockin'. I recall the love we had And I often think of you I guess you know You left me feeling blue I try to smile And not be sad And start my life anew Then I find My thoughts come back to you so I come home promptly after work And dine in solitude Then I turn the lights down low To put me in the mood I go waltzing around with my shadow I'm humming my face Deeper Digs in Rocks, produced and hosted by Christian Swain. All sound design and incidental music by Busy Signal Studios. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 